Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Today's kind of a different topic. We're going to talk a lot about hair. Yes, we are. Not my hair, but I did just get a haircut the other day. (laughs) We're going to talk about horse hair and uh, what it can tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is is an interesting topic. And when you kind of dive into the research and and, and what's out there, and I guess some of the the half-truths, I guess I I would say that out there that we're going to kind of get into today. But really talking about hair, hair analysis. And so my first question would be like, why would we actually want to even analyze a horse's hair? What's it going to tell us? Mm, good question. Maybe we'll talk in a second more about what it will and will not tell us. But yes. I think more, you know, talking about the underlying reason that people might test their horse's hair. I think it's a couple things. It's non-invasive, right? All you have to do is pull or clip a little bit of hair. It's relatively inexpensive compared to some other vet type work potentially. Um, You know, I had kind of looked on the internet at different companies that offer this service and it was around 200 US dollars roughly. And I think, (laughs) well, listen, in terms of horses, that's relatively inexpensive, right? I know, but just on top (laughs) of everything else, you got to pay for your horse. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then, you know, I think the main reason people do that, you're you're just looking to do the best for your horse. So you're asking the question, is the diet that I am feeding meeting all of their needs because I want them to be healthy and happy and able to do whatever their job is? So I think that's why people turn to things like horse hair analysis. It, it is an interesting thought, you know, of, okay, if I can take my horse's hair and it tells me stuff about their health and well-being and stuff, of course a horse owner is going to do it if they can. Even though it is a little pricey, I'm just thinking, you know, on top of the feed bill and, and boarding and all that stuff. But I, I could see where that would be attractive to me as a horse owner, you know. So what are some of the things, I guess, that a hair analysis would tell me if I did this? Yeah. So there's different types of hair analysis. So for example, there's genetic testing that can be done. So the PSSM type one, HYPP, there are some others that there is peer reviewed, publicly available information stating this is a, you know, test with defined methods that reliably can tell you whether or not your horse carries a gene for, you know, several different types of diseases. That's pretty cool. There Also, you know, hair tests are used for drug detection. So there are multiple different drugs that might clear the horse's blood pretty quickly, but you can see the history of that in their hair, which is pretty cool. They do the same thing for humans. Like if you start a new job and they send you in for the drug test, they might snip a little Mm -hmm. piece of your hair. So they can do that Mm -hmm. for horses too, for certain drugs. Then after that, you know, it gets a little bit more hairy, um, pun <laughs> intended. Intended. Yeah. Yes. So the type of horse hair analysis we're talking about today would be actually testing for nutrients. So, you know, there are some lab methods that test for heavy metals. So that might be something you could do if you're putting together like a really tricky 
case where horses are sick and no one can understand why. And then you find out your farm used to be a landfill. Like that's something that, you know, might be useful. But then, you know, the $200 test that I referenced that I, you know, there are multiple different companies that offer this service. They are offering a service that is intended to test horses' nutrients. And the idea being you could get an idea of whether or not their diet is sufficient based on their hair. Okay. <laughs> Sounds a little like snake oil to me, but okay, okay. But you know, it's because as a scientist and, and doing some of these things, I'm I, I I know for drug testing and after some work on the racetrack and doing post tests for horses, I, I understand how some of that works. I could mm-hmm. see where the drug testing would, would come in for competitions, but nutrition. I, I guess my question would be to you. Is this accurate? I mean, what are some of the problems with this test, or, or is it is it reliable? I mean, what or what information is it telling me? Yeah, so that's the interesting one. And to date, if you look at the scientific literature, there is not support for nutrient hair testing being a accurate, repeatable, reliable test. And you're saying, well, what does that matter? What does that mean? And thinking about it this way, if you're spending money on a test that's not accurate, reliable, repeatable, meaning that I could send that same, you know, chunk of hair from a horse to multiple different labs and get similar results. That's what repeatable means. That's part of the scientific process. If a lab methodology is going to, you know, be used, it needs to be repeatable. But you know, here are the down, like if it's not reliable, accurate, repeatable, best case scenario, we've just wasted some money. And mm-hmm. I'm be honest, I got other things I could spend my horse money on, you know, mm-hmm. new saddle mm-hmm. pads, mm-hmm. paying the vet for, you know, other things, whatever. There's lots of ways we could spend mm-hmm. our horse dollar. So best case scenario, you've wasted money. Worst case scenario is you're taking results that aren't accurate and reliable and making nutritional decisions based on those results. You hope the changes that you might make based on those results would be benign. And again, you've just wasted money. They could potentially really upset the balance of the diet. If you're adding specific nutrients based on an unreliable test, you could then create health problems. So there, there is the possibility that if these tests aren't reliable, that you've definitely made things worse and not better in your quest to actually help your horse. Well, my question is, what nutrients do they are they advertising that they could detect? Because I'm trying to think what what nutrients would would hair growth even pick up? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, they are purporting to test lots of nutrients. Um, yeah. So you know, people will occasionally send me results from these and ask for dietary recommendations. And what I explain is that. Based on the information available today, I can't make recommendations based on a horse hair analysis simply because I'm not confident in those results, in part because I look at the scientific literature and I see where they've been tested and found to not be reliable or not be accurate, or there's you know one fun paper where they sent mane from a paint horse. Some of it was white and some of it was black and the results were different and there were different dietary recommendations made on that. There are other tests, for example, one where they fed different levels of calcium 
didn't pick up differences. And yet, if you look at these reports, they'll tell you results of calcium. So there's kind of things like that. All of your major trace minerals and even some minor ones. And this... (laughs) This is a little bit of a challenge I run into with some other programs as well. If they're making recommendations for a nutrient that we don't have defined nutrient requirements for, that's a problem because mm-hmm. there. if you look at the NRC, there's lots of nutrients that we don't have requirements for because functionally it's basically impossible to create a deficiency. Therefore, you can't come up with a minimum recommendation. So a lot of these are ones Mm -hmm. that the horse produces themselves. A lot of the B vitamins, for example, folic acid comes up a lot. Let's produce in the Mm -hmm. hindgut of the horse from forage. So they can't even like reliably create a deficiency. Therefore, there's not a minimum recommendation. And yet you have tests like this saying you, based on the hair, you are deficient in something that we don't have a minimum recommendation (laughs) for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 You know, or one I was sent recently with the horse was deficient in many nutrients that would be provided in abundance in hay. And if it truly were deficient in all of those things, I wouldn't expect it to otherwise appear to be a healthy horse. And it was. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I think you need to do some critical thinking in the fact that if my horse is otherwise healthy and I'm feeding what should be a balanced diet. And this report comes back saying he's deficient in all of these things. And the only way to fix it is to buy this customized supplement. I think there's a conflict of interest there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Uh, Being in the horse industry long enough, you, there's a lot of snake oil out there and I could see how a company, okay. Now I get to what they're doing with this stuff. So, okay, we we throw out the hair analysis. I mean, unless your horse is getting drug tested for a job, I mean, we don't need it. What is the best way we can analyze the diet in a horse? You know, we could take a a body sample or something and say, okay, this is a true capture of that horse's nutritional status. Yeah, so that's where it gets tricky and why I think things like horse hair analysis are out there is because there's no simple test. So you'd think, well, I'll just take some blood. And unfortunately, blood's not a reliable indicator for many of our nutrients. There's a couple it does a good job for. Vitamin E, it can do a good job for. Selenium, provided we do the correct test. So whole blood selenium is a really good indicator of the long-term selenium status of the horse. I would say very regularly, I get a call that my vet tested my horse's selenium, and typically they're saying it's too high. Every once in a while, it's too low. Oh gosh, it's above the reference range of the lab. My horse has too much selenium in its diet. And I said, well, can you tell me how it was tested? And a lot of times it's Mm -hmm. serum or plasma. So serum or plasma are going to be much more sensitive to recent changes, meaning a meal. So for example, if your vet came out mid-morning, took that sample of blood and used serum or plasma, that selenium would have spiked because they'd eaten a meal recently. So Mm -hmm. even saying for some of the nutrients that we can get pretty reliable indicators, you have to have the knowledge to choose the right test. And then I say, well, A, does your horse have any symptoms that look like selenium toxicity? Nope. 
do you want to go back and test whole blood selenium? Mm. And we can confirm that it's not too much selenium. You know, most of your other minerals, the body does a really good job of regulating blood levels. It doesn't want those levels to get out of whack. So unless your horse is dramatically toxic or super insanely deficient, you can't pick it up in the blood because the horse is actually going to shuttle those stores from other parts of the body to keep blood in a really tight range. And if your horse was so far on either end of toxicity or deficiency, you would be seeing dramatic clinical symptoms of those types of issues. It wouldn't otherwise look like a healthy horse. So if you're saying, no, I really want to know my horse's copper status, for example, and I can't use blood, what can I do? Well, you could do a liver biopsy. That's what we would do in a research setting. That's invasive. I mean, we're not going around and yes. giving horses that otherwise look healthy liver no. biopsies. So no, 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 no. that's off the table. But the good news is that I have a very inexpensive way that we can actually figure out if your horse's diet is sufficient. We're going to test your hay. And, you know, depending on the package we do, that's going to run you under $50. So we can test your hay. And then for your concentrates, we just need to know the amounts that they're being fed each day. And then we'll actually do the math to see where does the total diet provision of XYZ nutrient fall. And that's really how we're going to determine if it's an adequate diet. We're going to take those numbers, back calculate, compare them to those published known amounts in the NRC, for example, so that we can determine the adequacy of the horse's diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, at the end of every episode, we're like, contact us, contact the tribute team, because we will do this for you. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on a hair test that isn't going to tell you what you need to know. And you can contact the experts like Nicole and the others at tribute, and they will analyze all this stuff and then tell you yay or nay, you know, or, or make these adjustments. Yeah. So what we would do is we talk you through the process of how to Mm -hmm. appropriately sample your hay, how to get a representative sample. So you wouldn't take it from just one bale. You'd want to take it from multiple bales. We would split out by, you know, if you're feeding some first cutting hay and some second cutting hay, you'd want to test those separately. We kind of talk you through that, how to send it off to a lab, and then you'd send us that information and we'd go through your whole diet and kind of help you determine that. I will say that Very rarely, unless the horse has an underlying health issue or, you know, really terrible hay, very rarely if you're feeding at least the minimum recommended rate of a tribute product for your horse's size, type of work, one that's appropriate for its life stage, for example, we'd feed a foal differently than we'd feed a mature horse. Very rarely do we find, if we're kind of following those basic guidelines, that we aren't covering all of our bases nutritionally. Sometimes, you know, they might need a little extra boost of ration balance or on top or something like that. But generally speaking, you can rest assured that if you're kind of following those guidelines, you're going to be really close to providing everything your mm-hmm. horse needs. And then we can test your hay and double check. Right, right, right. No, that's, 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 it's, it's amazing that that resource is out there. So use it, please, 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 please. <laughs> I guess to tie some of this up with the hair, is there somewhere where you find it being, it can be useful? I know you mentioned some of the things uh, in the beginning where we, we can use it and it tells us something, but, or it, is this something in the future that we do more research in that it might possibly potentially down the road 
be something that that could be, I would say, in your toolbox as a nutritionist? Yeah, I think if, you know, a lot more research was done and we had some more established guidelines, it could be an interesting tool. I think the challenge is the type of research you would need, which is basically to create all these different levels within the horse. You'd need deficiency, toxicity, et cetera, of all those different nutrients and then correlate them to the numbers in the hair. Because you have to remember, it's not one for one. And that's, I think, the basic assumption that is made is that if a horse is deficient, the hair would be deficient. That's not necessarily true. So there could definitely be situations where the horse is overwhelmingly deficient and yet they're diverting that nutrient towards hair growth. So it wouldn't Mm -hmm. show up as deficient. So I think, you know, it could be really cool, but there'd be a significant cost required to actually do the type of research to make this a useful tool. I think what tends to happen now is a company probably takes a whole bunch of samples and they make a database and they say, well, 80% of the samples fall within this range. And if it's outside of this range, we're going to call it toxic or we're going to call it deficient. The problem is just because 80% of your samples fall within that range, that doesn't mean that range biologically correlates to a horse's diet. And that's the challenge Mm -hmm. with all you do is you take a bunch of samples and then you stick a bell curve on it, which I think is generally what's happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think where today it's useful is, like you mentioned in the beginning, for drug testing, you know, especially with competition horses or, or anything like that, and then maybe some environmental toxicity. But analyzing a diet off hair, overall, no right? It's just not a useful tool. (laughs) Yeah. And I understand the motivation that people have behind doing that. But essentially, whenever I'm sent one, I say, I'm sorry, I cannot make recommendations based off of this because it's not scientifically sound today. But I'm happy to walk you through Mm. a, a simpler and less expensive process to try to find an appropriate diet for your horse. Well, uh, it's a good explanation. It's it's a very interesting topic. I'm glad we 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 talked about this today. You explained it very well. Thank you so much for that. And again, if you have any questions, you know, about either hair analysis or your diet, always feel free to reach out. It's on our show notes. There's a link to contact us. Any of your dietary concerns for your horses. But thank you so much, Nicole. All right. Thank you, Chris.